computer. All right, we are here with Tia Norma. We have not talked with Tia since podcast number five, Love People More Than Money. And she was such a big hit. I had to have her come back. And we're here with her today. How are you doing this morning, Tia? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And thank you for the invitation to, to visit again. I'm excited. Well, we're great. just grateful to have you. But today we want to do things differently. I think this is still in your wheelhouse, but today we want to talk about podcast number 58. And that is understand that you are not in control, but you control how you deal with victories, failures, and stuff in general. Now, now the reason why something like this finds its way into a book about building wealth is that we can get overconfident when we buy a stock or invest in something that does very well and now think we're investment gurus, or we can beat ourselves up too badly when we invest in something that doesn't work well and then we decide we're never going to invest again. So it's those extremes that make people paralyzed. What are your thoughts on the subject and what comes to mind? Well, what comes to mind when you kind of put it in that context is how when we're, we're um, thinking of <clears throat> kind of the, the risk of investment, how that translates not only to stocks, but into other things that we invest, like our time, um, you know, the, the people that we build relationships with, and how much risk is really built into so many parts of our lives. That we, that we may not be aware of, right? Okay. And so, so if a person is, if they find that they have put too much time or the resource of time or effort into anything, and let's speak of relationships, uh, mm -hmm. at what point do you cut bait? I mean, is there a process that one can go through before they determine this is a losing battle, I need to make a change? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> and I think that that's really a, a place of like of self discernment and self dis like kind of a, a looking within and saying, you know, is this where I want to continue to invest my time and energy? Um, and I, I kind of see every investment that we make as an opportunity to to learn. So we might call it a loss, maybe, maybe that's what it feels like, maybe that's what it looks like, but did you learn something, right? Did you learn something from the stock investment that you made, right? As we're investing in, um, in ourselves and in others, there's a lot of information and feedback that we receive that we can use in making decisions to go forward. So it may feel like a loss. But did you learn something about relationships or stocks that you can now apply to a future situation? Probably. Yeah, and, and, and that's a very good point. And oftentimes people do not take an inventory of what they've learned. And they're so busy muddling in despair or anger of the situation with a loss of money or the loss of a loved one or a loss of an opportunity that they don't take time to assess an inventory what knowledge they gain from it or what new um, ability they derived from the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that also connects a lot to 
the idea of wealth, right? If we are, um, if we're looking at it as like a loss and maybe within the loss, the thought may occur like, when will I ever have this money again to make an investment like this? Or, um, you know, I gave so much in this relationship or with this person, like I could never, you know, so we start to move into this scarcity mindset. And we have to remember if you've been in the position to do this in the first place, then that says something about the abundance that is available to us. And yes, it may have caught, cost something. One of my teachers says everything costs something. Everything comes at a cost. So it may have cost something, but is are we viewing the world from a place of scarcity? Or is there a perspective of like, I didn't have this $500 five years ago to invest, you know? So if, if I was able to, um, you know, find myself in this position of investing, then do I trust that this abundance is within my, my reach, even in this moment? And, and I guess it also speaks to the idea that, that nothing is yours. It, 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 you are a steward of all your blessings. And with that being said, if God has blessed you with this abundance, this money, this time, this knowledge, then you are to be a steward of it. So therefore, are you really in control of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I do see, um, you know, this idea of control is, a, is an interesting one because control starts to touch on um, our ego and a lot of the things that we have kind of been conditioned through culture and family um, in this feeling of wanting to have some type of power, especially coming through like a pandemic. So many things were out of our control well, that never really were in our control. It just was like yeah. the illusion that we could control things, but we start to grasp. Like this is why at the beginning of the pandemic, you start to see things like toilet paper just flying off the shelf. Cause it's like, if all the world is going crazy, at least I can control like the amount, toilet of, paper. <laughs> the amount of toilet paper in my, in my house. But the reality is if we all just would purchase what we need, then there's enough for everybody, right? So it's this hoarding and stockpiling mentality that connects to uh, control, which gets back to um, your question of like, well, how are we stewarding, right? So I do see it as part of what we are able to control is how we direct the resources that we have been blessed with. So do you have 500 rolls of toilet paper? I don't know why I'm stuck on the number 500. But do you have 500 rolls of toilet paper and your neighbor has none? Well, you know, then are, is there an invitation there to create a more just world mm. with the resources that you have? And the other thing that comes up about this is on the idea of like, investment and control is a lot of time we expect the return to come from the same place where we have made the deposit. No. 
And that is not always the case. Explain, expand on that. Yeah, so like um, in friendships maybe, you know, um, like it's more of an invitation to participate in, in a flow of what's occurring. And so in friendships, what may happen, and we see this a lot in family too, is like, well, I've been there for this person for all of these things, you know, I supported them, I showed up, and now that I'm in a time of need, they're nowhere to be found. Mm. Well, that's because like you were in a place to to foster and support what they needed. So you're investing in them and the investment in you does not have to come back from that person. Mm-hmm. So it limits us in seeing other areas where we are being provided for, supported and invested in because we're expecting it to come back from this specific place where mm-hmm. we spend our time and energy, but it's, it's, it's really all around us, which gets back to the, if you lost $500, you know, and you expected your return from a stock, an investment, a bank, whatever it may be, there may be a loss of that. And also $500 could be available to you in some way that you are not even able to see because you're so focused in Mm. on that one loss. Right, right. And then also the byproduct of that investment, a case in point, if you are investing in a stock and you purchased it for hundred dollars a share and it's now worth seventy dollars a share you see that as a loss but maybe that stock was paying you a dividend Mm -hmm. now you're being paid money on an annual basis to wait for the stock to come back up that bad product was the dividend return you're receiving not so much the appreciation of the price so that's a very good point yeah it can come down to um the the way that i've heard it explained is like is your belief that there's the pie is only so big and so if someone else gets their piece of the pie then you're losing out because they received or or is there enough pie for everybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i guess it all boils down to the relationship to other things how this is this in comparison to what Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we always compare what we have to our neighbor. So if everyone on the block has very little and we have just a little bit more, then we might feel wealthy. We may feel like we have more control. Mm-hmm. But if everyone's in the same boat, uh, things are a little bit different. So I guess it's, a, it's about a mindset, I imagine. Yeah. And it, much of what we move through on a daily basis is based in scarcity. You know, it's a, it's this scarcity mindset. And when you, when we are afraid, one of our defaults is what can I control? What can make me feel like I am in power in this moment? And speaking of control, you know, a lot of people in, in the investment world, a, a phrase come up, came up about 15, 20 years ago, uh, irrational exuberance. What is that? Irrational exuberance is when people are just extremely hyped and excited about the market to a point where it is just irrational. It's just going to go up, 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 up. And this is not going to happen. So that is a uh, hindrance of building wealth because it makes you, in terms of baseball, 
if you're on first base and you're overconfident in your ability, you might take a really big lead off of first base, hoping to steal second, mm -hmm. right? But if you think that the, the pitcher is a little bit faster than your ability to get back, you might not take as big of a lead. So over, irrational exuberance can make us think that we're more smarter, faster, wiser than we really are. So that speaks to the idea of dealing with your victories. The opposite of that is just being so pessimistic, so afraid of everything that we just do nothing. We don't, we, we count our failures as something that is a foregone a conclusion. So what are your thoughts on that? It gets back to, again, kind of the perspective, which I get it. Like a, a failure or a loss, those things impact us. And those are things that we feel, right? And so I'm not trying to like sugar, sugarcoat anything. Like there are real, real losses, right? That we experience and at least for me, at some point, it's got to get back to, okay, this hurts, this was a loss, and also, what is mine to do, and what have I learned? Like, what am I learning through this experience, and how, what decisions will I, will I make moving forward? So allowing, yeah. allowing myself to feel the pain of the loss, and then at some point saying like, yeah, you know, this even, this still stings a little bit, but what is it? What am I to learn from this? And what about the victories? I mean, how do you, do you treat that imposter just the same? <laughs> you know, how do you treat your victories? The victories, you know, I, I think, I don't think we celebrate, maybe I'm just speaking to myself. I don't think I celebrate my victories enough, mm, okay. you know? So um, this is where the risk comes in. Like you can try something, you can offer something to the world and it could totally bomb. And, and you could offer it to the world and it could be like totally fantastic. You could feel yeah. great about it. And I think that that's, that's something to celebrate and, um, and to, to share. You know, we see a lot of, negativity, a lot of, uh, you and I were talking about the news earlier, we're just bombarded with negativity and celebrating your own win. I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay, okay. Well, I'm keeping in perspective, I guess, is uh, moderation of all things, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because... yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there's this saying, uh, and I may butcher it, I, I may not tell it exactly right, but it, it's like to, um, it, it's something about like carrying a couple of pieces of paper in your pocket. Mm. And one of the pieces of paper um, you use for those times where maybe you're just getting a little overly exuberant, like you need to, you need to ground yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. right? It's not at the point of like, being braggadocious or like there's a certain way you know I feel like to share your victories um but the one piece of paper would uh basically remind you that you come from dust right? mm, okay so it's this idea of like all right you know bring yourself back to like this is all <laughs> fleeting you know this is all temporary um, yes 
And then the other piece of paper in the pocket is for like the times where you feel like the big pains and hurts and losses or maybe regrets. And it is a reminder that we are made of stardust. Mm. So like the, the duality of the two, as we move through the very rough times, like, you know, science shows that we are composed of elements that are in stars, you know? So it's just that reminder of like, man, something about you is so special and magical and, and to pull you um, kind of out of that, that loss situation. And then when you need to remember you're also made of dust. <laughs> you know? That's right. another side of the coin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Tia, thank you so much for the time you spent with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about your ministry? Sure. So uh, my ministry right now is um, in serving as pastor for an amazing community called Awakenings. And we gather in person uh, here in the Houston area and online. Um, Facebook is probably the most uh, reliable way to, we do Zoom, but um, if you're, you know, listening and want to check it out, Awakenings Inc. is the Facebook page, and so there's replays available there, uh, and then I also work with people as a, a meditation teacher and a guide, so I have many conversations about the things that we cannot control in our lives taking a moment and deciding how we want to respond as opposed to emotionally reacting um, to the wins and the losses. Excellent. Well, you know, it has been amazing watching your journey and I am so proud of you and what you've accomplished. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Let me stop record here and...